You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. How you doing? Doing good. I'm good too, and I, I'm actually excited about this. This I is am too. I'm intrigued. Like yeah, man. Earlier. This is a topic that I think is really going to be beneficial. Yes. Well, first of all, it's going to be beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. So those of you who are listening, right? I don't. I, I know that sounded selfish. I know this show is really for you, <laughs> but I, I'm. We're gonna we're gonna kind of hold on to this a little bit and just allow well, you to listen in. How about I think, that? I think that's okay. okay. I think that we get some. You know, we get some good. We do. Good. Um, trade secrets from all of our guests. So I think we do. I think it's good. We all need it. Yeah. And this one, this is going to be a good one. I can already. Yeah. This is it. So intriguing is the word of the evening. So before you say who our guest is, Mm -hmm. if you're listening, right, we often tell you when you're listening that you're going to have to go back and listen to these shows again. I'm telling you ahead of time, you're going to have to listen to this one more than once. I'm also telling you ahead of time to get out Pause it right now. Get out your pen and notepad because you're going to want to take some notes Mm -hmm. and you're going to want to know how to connect with this guy um, once we're done this conversation. Who are we talking to? Today, we are talking with Sunil Gadzi of Intuitionology. I think that's a fantastic name. It is. And, And I almost don't want to... Like, Sunil, you gave... You gave a, a bio, but I almost don't want to read it because I don't want to <laughs> give away, you know what I mean? I don't want to give away pieces of the story, yeah. but I'll say this though. Yep. Um, um, Sunil has spent thousands of hours on research and interviews to stop people from wasting time making bad decisions. That's great. I made a ton of bad decisions. And so did I. So, and he, he did that by sharpening their intuition. Mm. So we're talking about intuitionology today. And um, Sunil, thank you so much for for taking some time out to talk to us, to actually school us, because this is going to be class. Class is about to be in session. I already know. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks uh, for giving me the opportunity. Definitely drop some knowledge bombs and really kind of take this intangible thing that we call intuition. Marry it with science. Tons of science backing this up, and I'll tell you exactly what the science says and how we really kind of misunderstand it rather than just kind of going and saying, I trust my God, I heard a voice, which is sort of common social media themes, but people have no clue what they're talking about. And today I'm going to give you and your listeners the clues to not only understand how it works for you particularly, but how it actually helps you make every decision the right one so that today, every listener that you have will be going away from this podcast episode with the tools in hand to make sure that every decision they have is the right one. Mm. I love it. And so without further ado, I don't think there's anything else to say. Listen, let's jump right into it. Yep. I want to know, and, and you've talked about it. So those individuals who are familiar with you, and we we took some time and watched some things that you have and kind of perused the website. So we we know a little bit of this story, but mm-hmm. explain to to us and to the listeners, what was the driving force that pushed you to really begin to dig deep into this, into this subject matter. So the, the, the crux of me really kind of digging in came from my first book called fail fast, succeed faster. Mm -hmm. And so that book was written where the premise of that was that if I can interview a bunch of executives and entrepreneurs and detail their failures and hurdles, then I should be able to write a book and anybody looking at that book should be able to read their failures and hurdles. And if they make sure they learn the lessons from it, they should be able to succeed faster. Mm. And so that was the title, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, from that book. And when I used to go talking on stages, I used to always get one question from entrepreneurs that used to say, Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to make me successful. And I say, okay, come on. If I didn't come here with a cue card or a PDF worksheet, mm-hmm. I came here with a 400-page <laughs> book. There's nothing really, This it's not just one thing. Mm. Until I went back to the audio recordings. 
And when I went back to the audio recordings, 80 to 90% of them had said that they either ignored their intuition, ignored their gut, knew what the right decision was, but ignored it. And I was just really like, oh my God, like all these, a lot of these executives who you would think are rational, data-driven, process-oriented people are now talking about this intangible thing called intuition. And so I started reflecting, okay, when did intuition kind of hit me? And I remember when I was distinctly, when I was five years old, there were these video games that I wanted. And my dad said, they're too expensive. And so there was this voice that was loud that said, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I went as this five-year-old kid, went door to door in my neighborhood, lots of milk and cookies. And I raised $200, mm-hmm. $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity because that, that was something that I really felt really good about. Mm. Uh, and then I remember the times that I ignored my intuition. And one of the first ones for those watching, um, I, I've, I've got an East Indian background. And so when you're an East Indian male, there's four career doors that you have. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And that's it. Oh. Wow. And so I picked door number three, which was engineering. Uh, my dad was an engineer, even though my intuition at that time, it was something, something different than a voice was telling me to go into entrepreneurship, to run a business. And every breadcrumb I, uh, breadcrumb I have in my life up to then was entrepreneurial in nature. And everything I got involved with, everything I was successful in mm. was very entrepreneurial. I just ignored that something, got into engineering and hated it. And two years into engineering, I got a chance to be a private investor with a Mexican restaurant chain that came up to Canada. And very soon I was making five times more in dividends as a private investigator, a private investor than I was as a full-time engineer. Mm -hmm. And so in year three, I quit. I lost my relationship with my dad. But once again, something was telling me that this was exactly the right decision that I made. And five or six ventures later, I earned about $20 million in revenues before morphing into becoming a management consultant. And there was this huge contract in Silicon Valley. The, the numbers were massive in terms of compensation. And I was really like, I was just, wow, like, this is a major contract. But what kept happening was the contract terms kept changing. Mm-hmm. And once again, there was another something different from the voice and different from that other, the first something saying, you need to back away. But I was so emotionally tied to that contract that I went down to Silicon Valley, spent every single penny, and the company didn't pay me. Wow. wow. And I came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. I was about to be married. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife luckily was in India, where I had met her. She's phoning as I'm driving up the Canadian-US border, say, how are things going, honey? And I'm thinking, great. I'm just going to settle back and up and let things roll again. Meanwhile, the, the money for our marriage is completely gone, mm-hmm. and I had no clue where I was going to be sleeping that night. Wow. And wow. so... And then perhaps the most devastating was when I was in engineering, I was actually doing some personal coaching at the time. And one of my friends was being stalked. And so she said, Sunil, I really, really need to get some advice from you. And again, something was telling me that I needed to meet with her that afternoon. And yet I just ignored that something and said, let's meet a couple of days later. And the very next day, that same stalker walked up to her in a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head. Oh my gosh. And now I've lost time effort, money, and a good friend Mm. because I ignored this something. Mm. So I really needed to figure out what is this something? What is this, you know, this, this intuition? What is it? Why did I ignore it? Why were they all these different somethings? Like all these questions swirling in my head. So the first thing I thought is, okay, how do I define it? And so if I went online at that time, everything that I found was on like voices from God and manifestation mm-hmm. and meditation. And for those who understand intuition at, like as that, that's completely fine. But for me, it just really didn't resonate. All I could really understand are sort of these, these signals that kind of came to me. And so I remember one of the contacts in my social media uh, circle was an international psychic. And I remember on one of her posts, she talked about intuition and signals. And so, okay, I'm, I said, I'm going to go interview her. And I took a film crew to, to, to get her, uh, her interview. And she talked about quantum mechanic, mechanics and uh, intuition being energetic in nature and that there was little to no research at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that it's just, research just hasn't caught up. So what I really liked about the energetic nature of it is if I go back to my engineering days, I remember properties like steel, for example, have a mass-like property and they have like an energetic or wave-like property. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking of intuition as sort of this art and science blend. And the art is sort of these signals that I keep talking about. But this, this science was lacking. And 
this international psychic was saying that there was no science. And I said, but how can that be? If this stuff happened to me and people are obviously talking about intuition and now I've got 80 to 90% of my interviewees and my book are talking about intuition, there's gotta be science. So I'm thinking, okay, who else can I interview to see, to get a scientific explanation? And there was this neurologist, Dr. Rathbone that I knew again, in my social circle. And I said, okay, I'm going to go interview him. I took a film crew, went to his hospital, turned on the camera. And I thought this is going to be like a five minute conversation. And I just basically asked like, okay, Dr. Rathbone, does intuition exist? And he says, it absolutely does. Uh, it, he, how intuition hits the gut. He starts talking about the gut and how it's got a separate sort of neurological system. It short circuits the brain. And he mm. says, we all have a sixth sense. And what he said was that more and more neuroscience research is showing that intuition actually hits us much earlier than we consciously think of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, now I've got the art and I've got the science. Now let's go take a look at where's this research. So I go to an academic database and I type in the word intuition. I'm expecting maybe 12, 15 articles. I hit enter tens of thousands of articles on intuition. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing. And so one of the things I thought about is, okay, if intuition hit me when I was five years old, perhaps I'm born with it. And there's this paper that shows that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies or in this paper, they call it intuitive physics. And then the fact that I didn't have a definition it kind of made sense because another mm-hmm. pa- uh, paper showed a brain scan, an MRI, showing that intuition actually hits the amygdala. It's the primitive part of your brain. Mm-hmm. In the primitive part of your brain, there's zero capacity for language. So what that tells me is that we have to have our own definition. Mm-hmm. So we can have that common definition like voices from God or uh, gut feeling or whatever, or that voice. Whatever it is, it's not my, it's, that's my opinion. That's how I conceptualize it. That's how... I describe it, but in the end, it's just a feeling because that amygdala is where your feelings are. And it all, all it knows is fight, flight, go, think, trust, like, uh, that's it. That's all it knows. And so that also tells me that the moment you make a decision, any decision, that's the first part of your brain. It's the primitive. And so that makes sense. And so with, with Dr. Rathbone saying that it happens earlier than we think uh, it does, there is a research paper that showed that intuition actually acts on average seven to 10 seconds before we actually make a decision or take an action. Wow. And so now I've got all this information. And so, okay, now I've got the art, I've got the science. My next question was, okay, so then if we have these signals, why were they so different? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, why can't we have like one common signal? And so that was a big burning question. And so what I did is, okay, I'm going to interview over a thousand people and figure out how does intuition work for them? Mm -hmm. And what I found out with the signals is that there's actually two types of signals. They're positive signals and negative signals. The positive signals are the ones that actually tell you that the decision you're about to make is the right one. And so for me, for example, I feel a, a sense of flow or the dots connecting. And there was one CEO that I actually interviewed. And he sees this omen pop up on his right uh, shoulder and he doesn't, there's no color. There's no shape. He just knows that whatever he's doing, whether he's hiring someone or he's doing a business deal and that omen pops up, he knows that, okay, he'll just say yes. And he's run now two multi-million dollar businesses. One was nationally across Canada. And this one now that he's got is, is, is international. Uh, and he's using these symbols called omens to make decisions. And then there's the other type are negative intuitive signals. And so these are the ones that actually, we've all experienced it when we walk into a room and we just kind of go, huh, something's off. It just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel right. And that's your negative signal. That's very subtle in nature. Oprah calls it a whisper. And those are the ones that we ignore. And what happens with these signals is that they start to get louder and louder until it starts tapping you on the shoulder saying, hello, I'm Mm. telling you not to make another bad decision. And some of my interviewees have attributed to being homeless, uh, going bankrupt, uh, or often, or maybe even taking their own lives as the ultimate negative signal. Uh, and it was really interesting. I was interviewing this one entrepreneur. And I mean, you don't typically ask people, hey, let's go for coffee. What are your intuitive signals? Right? I mean, you typically don't ask that. But mm-hmm. he didn't know what his signals were. And he just never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yet every single time we started to talk about his failures in the ventures that he went for the wrong reasons, he started grabbing his left earlobe. Hmm. And within 10 minutes, he goes, oh, my God, Sunil, I just found out 
that one of my negative intuitive signals is my left earlobe getting hot. And he now remembers that when he went into these ventures, his left earlobe used to pulsate with heat and he used to think he needed to go to the doctor. And wow. but he ignored it, got into these ventures, either they mm-hmm. failed or they did, but his heart wasn't in it. He remembers talking to his wife about uh, these ventures and his left earlobe getting hot. So now this, tell, this is also telling me is that even your, our signals are unique. Mm-hmm. And where we have to be really, really careful is that, so one of the things we need to do is basically take an inventory of these signals to figure out what it is, what's the positive ones and the negative ones. Um, and so the next thing I wanted to find out is, okay, so I kind of understand how it works, um, I think. Um, but the way that I characterize uh, intuition uh, for how it functions for, I'd say 99% of the people, 99.9% of the people, it's like driving a car. When you drive a car, you either push the button or you turn the, uh, the keys for the older cars and you hear the engine whir, which are the signals, and then you just drive. You don't necessarily need to be a mechanic. You don't need to pop open the hood. Right. I'm a bit of a nerd where that I actually want to pop up the pop open the hood to find out, okay, it can't just be signals. There's got to be a lot more to it. And so I found out that there is actually four types of intuition that actually all work together. Uh, and in a split second, they give you that signal. And so the best way I can show you how these four work is by taking you through a case study of an actual non-believer. And so one of my first interviewees was, this guy was an investment banker. And so if you went to him and said, intuition is voices from God, this guy's going to look at me and say, yeah, you're, you're, there's something wrong with you, Sunil. <laughs> and so I phoned him up. I say, John, listen, I'm, I'm doing this thing on intuition. That was one of my first ones for intuitionology. Uh, and he said, I don't know what we're talking about, Sunil. It just doesn't exist. Come on. Uh, but come on down. Uh, you know what? I haven't seen you for a while. We'll talk about intuition for five minutes, I think. And the rest of 55 minutes, you know, it says catch up. And so I'm sitting down with him. I turn on the cameras and I try and convince him about that CEO that sees omens. Mm-hmm. And he's saying on camera, I say, Sunil, you know what? I would, I'd love to shake this guy's hands. But you know what? When you make decisions in life or in business, it's all about experience. Mm-hmm. It's all about learning. And so now we're going to get into the four types of intuition because one mm-hmm. of the four types is called experiential intuition. Okay. And if you think about your brain like an iceberg, mm-hmm. 90% below water is the subconscious area of your brain. Mm-hmm. The 10% is above water. What intuition does ever since you're born, it's soaking up all the experiences around you every single day, both good and bad, both formal and informal or street smarts of your experiences and others that you notice. Mm-hmm. And every day it's putting all these experiences in a library, in your subconscious area of your brain, like a library, so that the moment that you need to make a decision today, it goes into that library and pulls all the information that you had, again, good, both good and bad, mm-hmm. formal and informal, that's going to help you with that decision. So the moment that you get a signal, it's already telling you, either you've got the skills to move ahead, the raw skills, or you've been there before and it didn't turn out good for you, why the hell are you doing it again? Right. And so that's what, that's how it works with experiential intuition. And what I was telling John was that sometimes your data, uh, your intuition has you go against the data. And he goes, Oh my God, well, I have an experience like this. And I said, okay, tell me about it. John uh, was in the business of putting franchise locations in like a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, those kind of things. And, his team would put that a, a, a good franchise location, what they would go ahead with is on a benchmarking system, it would be a nine out of 10. Uh-huh. And so he would look at things like demographics and uh-huh. development of the area, uh, traffic patterns, those kind of things. Uh, and there was this one location in a crappy area of Toronto where his team had looked at that area. It was a five and a half out of 10, not even close. Hmm. Now we're getting to the second of the two of the four called situational intuition. Uh-huh. John walks to this dilapidated area of Toronto and he's saying, and I'm quoting him now, perhaps this is intuition. I'm not sure, but something was telling him to put that location there. And Mm -hmm. he went against his team's recommendation not to put one, put a location there that ended up being the most profitable franchises called the beer market ever in his portfolio. Wow. And so now John's kind of getting it. So what I'm, sh- I'm showing his stories, his signals, his definitions, his experiences, 
I think he's starting to understand. We talk about a few more things. And then John was telling me that his purpose changed. He wanted to not only forget being an investment banker, he actually wanted to run a business. And now we're going to get into the third of the four. And this is really important for relationships. It's actually called relational intuition. Mm-hmm. And what your relational intuition does is it filters the people through into your inner circle who really care about what your purpose is. They really care about you. Their intention is to see you successful. These aren't yes people. Mm-hmm. These are just people that you know you can count on for anything and everything that that you need. And so everybody who is concerned in his social circle with money, fame, ego, security, high-end restaurants, private jets, limousines, all of those people said, John, you're nuts. Not one of them bothered to ask him why. Mm -hmm. Not one, except Mm -hmm. his wife. Mm -hmm. His wife was the only one that asked him, John, why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And John looks at his wife in his eyes, and I'm quoting him now, this just feels right. Mm -hmm. There's the intuitive there signal. Is. <laughs> There's the intuitive there signal is. from a non-believer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the fourth is called creative intuition. Creative intuition is the one that actually makes you the, gives you the ability to make that decision based on the all, all the other three. Now, if you're making a decision like you're going to cut a sandwich to eat lunch, your creative intuition is pretty low. Okay. But if you're going to do something that's really obtuse, then your creative intuition is high. Mm-hmm. And so you would think with John's 20 years of experience in, in uh, looking at businesses that his intuition would pick a, uh, you know, a, a really good uh, a company with good revenue streams, healthy balance sheet, cash flows are strong. You would think that that's what he would pick, not his intuition. His intuition picks a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so he quits his three to $4 million a year job, rolls wow. up his sleeves, starts at nothing, walks into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant happened to be Eastside Mario's location number one. Mm. And he grew that restaurant to over a thousand locations. And by the time he retired 20 years after that, $2 billion. Yeah. Wow. All because it felt right. It felt right. That's the power of intuition. That's That's, amazing. That's powerful, man. And, And you, I'm glad you took the time really to, expound on that because I'm just thinking about myself and just some of the things that I'm processing or I have been processing over the last several months. Right. And, and it's going to make me really kind of take a look at what I have been feeling both positive and negative mm-hmm. and, and then taking that and evaluating that against some of the other times in my life that I've felt some of those same things, both positive and negative. Right. Because there is a pattern. Yes. There is a pattern there. And that's, and, and it's, and you know what? I think some of us, and, and obviously you're the expert, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I think right. some of us realize that there's something in the, in the way of a pattern, but we, we've never been able to articulate it. And so, the way it comes out is these chance encounters or I just, you know, did the wrong thing or it was just, you know, whatever, whatever we chalk it up to. Right. But what I'm hearing you say is there is literally some scientific, biological, psychological proof that we're doing some things based on ignoring certain things or, listening to certain things. Absolutely. And if you go to my blog called, there's but the, the one blog I've got called What is Intuition? I actually link the articles that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you really want to think that maybe Sunil's, you know, full of something, <laughs> just talk to the researchers and the authors and tell them that when they've got brain scans and, and all these things. So yeah, yeah I link I linked the science right for people who, who really want to take a look at, at, at it and are fascinated. By all means, and if they want a PDF copy, let me know. Yeah, I, this this is good. This is good. Okay, uh, you got me thinking. You got good. You good. got me thinking. <laughs> you got you got me thinking. And so, now, so the next the next thing is to really kind of wonder. Okay, so why do we ignore it? Right. Mm-hmm. So if we have these signals, why do we actually ignore it? And so there's a number. I ask that too. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing, and we were talking a bit earlier about intuition just being this buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. Trust my gut. I, I live life on intuition. Uh, and so there's a lot of social media themes, but we don't actually really 
understand, not in a bad way, it, what it is, because I, nobody has ever done this amount of research on intuition, as far as I know, and over the, the over a thousand people I've interviewed, and I've been on now, this is like my 86th podcast interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's ever seen this kind of depth when it comes to intuition. And so a lot of us use this buzzword, but what we haven't done is we haven't actually taken the time to understand what intuition is. And it's not even just the four types. I mean, forget about that. Because remember, you just got to drive the car. A lot of people don't even realize that there's an engine that's worrying. Right. And so they don't even know what those these signals are. And where you have to be careful is that you have to spend the time to figure out what these signals are. And you also have to make sure you don't just gravitate to, let's say, a voice. So let's say, okay, Sunil had a voice when he, let's say, a gut feeling. And let's say a negative signal is a gut feeling. And, and then you say, oh, yeah, if I look back, um, I also had a gut feeling too. But let's say that that gut feeling for both of you, let's say, is signal number one. Mm-hmm. And if that's negative signal number one, then you guys are golden. Every time that gut feeling comes in, your first signal is saying, don't do that. And what you should be doing is backing away from that. But if I make the mistake of thinking that that same gut feeling is also signal number one, yet for me, it's signal number three, what that means is I've missed two signals. Right. I've missed signal number one and I've missed signal number two. If I've missed those two signals... I've made two bad decisions. If I've made two bad decisions, it could be that just I just stub my toe on some piece of furniture or I'm headed towards bankruptcy. I don't know. Mm. And so when we go about life kind of talking it up but not walking the talk, then we get into trouble because we don't we haven't taken the time to figure out these signals. And, and a, a great case study of this is a colleague of mine, Hal Eisenberg. So Hal was in the mindset space. Mm-hmm. I was in the intuition space. So we naturally kind of became colleagues. Mm-hmm. And he he's from New York and he heard I was speaking in Toronto. So he flew up to see me and uh, he was shocked. Like he didn't realize that intuition actually had signals. He didn't realize that there were four types of intuition uh, and there's what, what I call intuitive hurdles, which we can get into a little bit later in this interview. And so he was just like fascinated. Wow, I didn't think the intuition was that deep. And so about a year after we had, he had seen me speak, he developed a cough. And he, as he recounts back, he says, there was an intuitive signal telling me to go to the hospital. And he said, ah, just a cough. You know, New York sometimes gets cold. And he lets it go. And that signal starts getting louder and louder and he still ignored it and eventually he had to be driven to a new york hospital in emergency because he got the covid19 virus Mm -hmm. Mm. and he ended up fighting for his breath Mm. and he actually wanted to die there was a life or death moment and he said this is where intuition became so clear to him he was ready to give up and there was something that he pulled him that was so open that said hal you're not done you still have your voice needs to be heard. He was doing some amazing things with the New York school system with, with uh, kids and, and learning mindfulness in the New York school system. You're not done. You need to live and you need to finish your work. Mm. And he pulled out. Uh, and five days later, I was the first one he told at length what had happened. Uh, he was actually my very first podcast guest that kicked off my podcast series. Mm. Um, and he said, Sunil, I, let me tell you, frankly, I talked about listening to my intuition. I talked about doing things. I didn't do that at all. I would tell my team, I'm going to do this. And he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so he just never walked the talk. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why we ignore our intuition. Another reason is sometimes we've, we've had some trauma in the past. Okay. Uh, and relationships are, uh, are a real big one. So if you've had a bad relationship, we're emotionally stuck. We're hypersensitive to what happened in those past relationships. And that emotionally clouds our intuition because we, what we do is we ex- upset the emotional rational balance because it's basically head and heart need to be balanced. And what happens when we're over-emotional because of what happened in the past or we don't trust mm-hmm. ourselves we put the values in the hands of others right. and then others control us. And then, mm. and it's not about second chances. Intuition's already given second chances, but this wow. is where this is now a third or fourth chance because we hope that relationship is going to get better. And it could be that in some cases you knew right from day one, you shouldn't have gone into the relationship mm-hmm. or it could be that you knew, but something in that person's changed that other person's values changed that really detracted from ours enough. So, 
because nobody's really perfect, right? And we're all going to be different. Right. But the, if the values are so far obtuse and different from our values, and your intuition is saying you got to get out, you got to listen to that. And a lot of times we we self talk our, our, ourselves back into the relationship. Uh, and a, yeah, and a really good example of this is uh, there's a person I interviewed, Sarah Prout. Ten years, forty instances of physical abuse, but she just didn't know how to leave the relationship. Mm-hmm. Always say he's going to change. He said this. He's made these comments. Whatever it was, and finally there was one December thirty first. Her intuition had had enough, and she walked out. They were starting to argue about a movie, and she knew where it was headed. She needed to, to get some air. She looks to the stars, and it was just that that this. It was like the voice saying, "Get out. Mm-hmm. Now's the time." Mm-hmm. And so she left. She was thirty thousand dollars in debt. She had to really trust herself. No money two kids to feed and she just walked out homeless and she's picking up furniture on the side of the road. She's actually going into washrooms, public washrooms to steal the soap so that she can put it together. So her kids can have a clean bath. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she trusted the signal, trusted the signals every day, every hour. And one opportunity after another, after another slowly started coming in Mm -hmm. and six and a half years later, uh, she opens up this 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 training on on manifestation, um, and she's now a multimillionaire in this space. Wow. And wow. it's just from just trusting that signal. And so when when you the, a lot of times when you weaken yourself, when you weaken your values, you also start to look elsewhere for uh, to define you, like money. Mm-hmm. Look at social media, and we get we should be inspired by social media, but in a positive way. And a lot of times, no, no, I, I, people come with that Lamborghini or that <laughs> right. know, chain, all this stuff. I want to be like that. Why is my not, life not like that? And you start to just tell your stories of who you want to be through the lens of other people. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you've lost yourself. Yeah. And so one of the, the people I, I interviewed is a fellow by the name of Vin Jang. So this guy was a, he was an international magician um, traveling all over the world. Uh, and he turned into, um, actually, uh, talk about communication, but he used to go pre COVID. He used to be, uh, on 80 stages around the world, a hundred thousand people a year. And he was saying in 2016, his, his career was at a peak, but he felt so crappy inside mm-hmm. and his intuition was telling him, you need to fix this pronto. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to New Zealand where there's no cell phone, cell phone service. Uh, leaves his wife and just says, I, I need to really figure this out. He starts putting up the values that he thinks the values are up on the wall, family, friends, uh, career, uh, uh, money. And what's mm-hmm. his relationship with each one? And he says, well, that's funny. Like, this is what my wife wants. This is what society wants. This is what my kids want. This is what my career wants. This is what my manager wants. This is what my bank account wants. Where am I? Wow. Where am I? And he rips all those up down. He puts up the, the right values. Uh, and it took him a while to do that. And he said he thought it was liberating. But he said it was so frightening giving him that liberty mm-hmm. to control his life. He had mm-hmm. so many other people control it for him that he was afraid to control his own life. He comes away from that. And he didn't take action. He fell right back into the same thing. Mm-hmm. High rise downtown LA, big brand, same circle of people. And six months later, his, his parents come up from Australia. And he said, there's this, this um, saying in Vietnamese that when you hang around squid, eventually you're going to get ink on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that his wife, his mother was saying, you're hanging around a lot of squid. This is not my boy. Mm-hmm. You better fix it. And so um, six months later, he goes through the same exercise and he finally makes the decision to really live life. And one of the things I talk about when you make a bad decision is something called opportunity cost. And so opportunity cost is not just the cost of making the bad decision. It's also the cost of not making the right decision. So in Vin's case, as I was telling him, it's not just the six months that you lost not living the life uh, or making a, a, a life based on extrinsic motivation. It's also the six months that you lost where you could have gained, right? So you've actually lost a full year of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the business of helping a hundred thousand people a year, improve their lives in that one year, how many people did you leave behind? Mm-hmm. How many people do you not help become better? And he just says, I've never, 
thought about it that way. Yeah, that's that's um, that's heavy. That's heavy because I I think about it in terms of you know the example you just gave, and then I'm also thinking about it in relation to just what we do in our relationships. Yeah. Right. And the time that we lose in our relationships based on standing our ground, if you will, or, or hanging on to an ideology that's tied to a negative signal, but it's for whatever reason, it's just something that we've hung on to, you know, because that's what we saw our parents do, or that's what we saw, or we thought that that's how things are supposed to be, or we're just being stubborn and selfish. Right. So if you could just kind of from a relationship standpoint, just kind of speak to our our listeners as, as it relates to beginning to make that shift from Mm -hmm. hanging on to those ideologies that are tied to negative signals and, and opening ourselves up to being cognizant of and paying attention to those new signals, the right Absolutely. ones. Absolutely. And so when it comes to relationships, there's a number of things that, that are, could complicate what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm going to kind of go through them, not necessarily in any order of importance. Um, the first one is, what, does our, what has our past showed us? We look to our parents uh, and what happened there. We look to other people that have affected. And we've, we've always either consciously or subconsciously seen how they operate in their relationship. Maybe somebody told something in the past that really got us affected. When we live in the past for, for other people or their experiences of what have happened, and I've, my parents are divorced and they got divorced when early. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my marks tanked, but really quickly, I went back up to, and this was in high school, where I just knew, I, well, life's got to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went from like a 67% from 99 to 67%. And then, you know, uh, the next term back up to 94%. Mm-hmm. And I had five or six jobs to contribute to the family. Mm-hmm. And I, I just enjoyed it. I got so many, uh, so many different experiences and I didn't let the, the divorce dictate who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, we have to let go of those kind of the traumas or ways of thinking or putting that power in the other people's hands so that we can actually live today in our own way with our signals in our values, just like Vin Jang had to do. Um, the other thing that you have to realize in relationships is men are typically uh, less emotional, more quiet. They don't like to air. And so what they need to do is move slightly over to the empathetic move, you know, allow a bit of emotion, allow that communication to come through. And for, for women in general, I'm just speaking in general, mm-hmm. for women, they want to be, instead of being overly emotional, they want to move more towards the logical side, understanding and get that communication going and really kind of define the values and talk, talk uh, a little bit more. Uh, and, and that really kind of gets, and really get down to understanding and stop hiding things, right? A lot of times we all know when we're saying something, but we're not saying it fully. Mm-hmm. Right. We, mm-hmm. we know internally. So you can you can lie to yourself. You can mm-hmm. lie to the other person or, or be deceptive. Right. But you internally know that you're hold, holding back information to protect what? Like, what are you mm-hmm. trying to protect? And if you really want that relationship to work, then you need to be open and honest because t- intuition is a two way street. So as much as uh, my intuition is looking to you guys to say, can I trust you guys? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Your intuition is looking exactly back at me to say, mm-hmm. do we trust Sunil? Right. And right. so mm-hmm. you may be holding something back and the other person will know it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or if, if they're in touch with their intuition. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they may not like it. And so this is when the self-talk comes in, right? So I know he's holding something back, but nah, maybe I'm just thinking about it weird or yeah. no, but he said this. We shrug it off. Yep. We just shrug it off, but we all know, right? Because intuition, what it does, and again, to develop trust, again, another piece of research shows that trust is developed within 14 seconds on average. Wow. And less than half a second to see twitches, facial expressions. So we're watching a whole, the whole package. Mm. Are, are the words matching the actions? Are the, are, are the values? So somebody can say what they're doing but your intuition is watching what is actually being done. How is that person actually treating somebody else? You know, did I see a piece of like, sometimes, you know, in the honeymoon stage, uh, things are great, but then there's this, this flash of anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look and say, 
wow, I didn't expect that. Right. A lot of times it can be explained away by somebody else, but that flash of anger is your intuition saying, whoa. Uh, and, it, and they'll take a look at the context of that anger. If it's just a small flash of anger that your intuition is okay with, mm-hmm. that's, that can be worked out, then that can be worked out. But if it was something that just really got uh, got something like a 90 degree turn and, you're, and your intuition is going, whoa, I didn't see that. And in the past, we've seen that before and didn't turn out good. Mm-hmm. We, you got to move on. And mm. most of people will take a look at this, what I call sunk cost theory. Uh, well, it's already five years. I already have a child. Mm-hmm. We have a joint, uh, we have a joint account together or the wedding invitations have gone out. Uh, mm. What are these other people going to think? There's the self-talk and we put all these justifications that call sunk cost theory where it's, well, we've already made those costs. So therefore I must continue on. Yeah. I've invested up so much already. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And then, and then the other thing that is that take a look at who's around you, right? How many other people are feeding that, that fire? So if somebody is saying that something's wrong with your guy or your woman, are they being truthful? Mm. So that's one. Or the other side is they are being truthful and I'm being blind and only you know which yeah. one's right. So this is, again, where that relational intuition comes in mm-hmm. to say, OK, is this person really my friend? Does that person really have the right intentions that are honorable and they're really looking out for my best interests? If that's a yes, then I'm going to listen to that person. And if he or she is saying that there's something wrong with my guy or my gal, I really need to think about why am I being too emotional because that's the rational side. Remember balance of head and heart, balance of emotions and logic. If I'm being too emotional, I need to balance that emotions with logic and this logic is coming through. Now, the other side, the flip side is also there that if somebody does not have the right intentions and we'll know because we're also watching our behavior, that person's behavior, mm-hmm. not only with me, but with other people. And I've, if I see something that's a bit deceptive or this person sort of changing personalities or whatever the case is, if your intuition is saying there's something off, then that person can't be trusted. And so that person can give you advice, but you need to park it a little bit farther away. And in fact, there was, uh, there was a couple that, that I had, um, had come to see one of my, at my speaking events. And we started talking about this very thing with relational intuition. And you can tell uh, as soon as I started getting into it, the, the guy's head went down and, and uh, uh, the wife's face flushed red and she started tearing up. Uh, and so one of the questions afterwards in the Q&A was that, how do you get rid of that person in general? Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, we went on, on some steps in general with the crowd on how to do that. And what happened is that uh, that evening, uh, they got rid of somebody who was actually wrecking their marriage. Mm. Uh, oh, and wow. they were married for 10 years. And three weeks later, I ran into her. Um, and she goes, Sunil, I really need to tell you a story. And she gave me a brief story of what happened. And that night, she got the courage to kick that person out. And she's never seen the spark in their marriage after 10 years come back so fast as because there was that was that she was that this other person was a cancer to both of them and she was causing this rift between them so it, it all depends on your situation it could be one of those it could be a combination of those mm-hmm. uh, but just remember that your intuition is, is there and sometimes we fear right like in sarah's mm-hmm. case we fear of making that step mm-hmm. right there's the fear of failure there's the fear of change fear of the unknown But don't forget that when your intuition hits you with a positive signal and you fear making that step, it's already telling you that you've got the raw skills. It's already Mm -hmm. telling you, you have the courage, strength to to take the next step. You have to trust the signal and take a step and take another step. You can't succumb to the fear. And a great great, uh, case study of this is a fellow David Dame who had uh, cerebral palsy. And he was in his wheelchair all his life. And his dream was to uh, go to a beach and someone just lift him up so he can just feel the sand in his toes. And a couple of years ago, he gets, he gets that opportunity. They go, he goes on vacation with his wife. His handlers take him up and lift him up. And he falls flat on his face into the oh. water. Fear gripped him. Embarrassment oh. gripped him. And he said, Sunil, I can do two things in this moment. One is I can sit back in that. I can succumb to the fear. Let fear overtake me. I can sit back in that wheelchair and forever regret that I can't, can't turn my dream into reality. I am right here. 
Or I can get through the fear. I can listen to that intuitive signal saying, take the first step in the ocean. Then David, take the next step. And David, take the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he does. And, he, and he, he motions to his chin. And he says, the water gets up to about his chin level. And then he turns around. And he was blown away by how far he came. Wow. Mm. That's what happens when you trust your intuition. You have to live in the moment. And don't worry about regret 10 years later. Yeah. Don't worry about regret 20 years later. Worry about the regret in the next 10 minutes. Mm. What about the regrets today? Mm-hmm. Forget about five years down the road. And your intuition is helping you say, don't regret. I'm signaling to you to either move ahead or move away. It's uh-huh. your best friend. Man. So, Neil, that's good, man. I'm, you are, I really hope people are listening. Like we've, we've been trying not to do so much talking because there's, there's such a wealth of knowledge. And the, the idea, man, that we, ha- we already have the tools to make the kinds of decisions that are going to be beneficial to our lives and to our relationships and to our families I think it's going to be freeing for some folk because I think there are people who really needed to hear that articulated in a way that they could digest it. Right. 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 Because because let's 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 be real. Right. I'm thinking about our audience and and Mm -hmm. a lot of the folk who listen to us. Right. So we talked about the voice from God. Mm -hmm. Right. And 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 people of faith will will talk about, you know, um, hearing and being guided by the Holy Spirit. Right. No, no problem. Right. And 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 we'll we'll we talk about that. Right. And I and I think that most of us believe it, but because we can't articulate it, it's not always tangible for us. Yes. And so then we we do this guessing game of was that the Holy Spirit or was that whatever? You know, was that me just talking to myself or, you know, whatever it is. And then often what we do is that confusion causes us to, and, and it's funny, man, that confusion causes us to latch on to the negative signal. Yeah. That's yep. crazy to me. I, that's yep. wild to me yep. that that happens. Absolutely. And, and, and let's take it a little further. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's voices from God. This is fantastic. And maybe you heard it at, and I'm not trying to minimize that, but let's say you heard it at church, but you really, you believe it because there's a choir singing. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe it's voices from God or it could be voices from God. You just don't know what that sound is. You don't know what the pitch of that voice is because you don't know what the signals are. Mm-hmm. And so you're taking some concept, which is fantastic. I'm telling you to turn it into reality. So if it is voices from God, and I absolutely b- believe in these in spirits and things like that and messages coming from, so it has nothing to do with me being sort of a pseudo atheist by any means, because I believe that stuff. Mm-hmm but it all depends upon what you believe and actually being practical about it. And so if you talk about voices from God, going right back to John Rothschild, the non-believer, if you said his voice was from God, he says, that's nuts, Sunil. That's not the way it happens. But when I introduce his intuition, his experiences, the way he sees it, the decisions he's made, the crazy decisions he made, it just felt right. From somebody an hour before telling me intuition does not exist, buddy. Mm-hmm. And an hour later, he's a believer. So it could be, it absolutely can be voices from God. What's the voice for you? And all I'm telling you is, listen, what's the voice? Tell me the words. Mm-hmm. What is he saying? Mm-hmm. Th- you have to feel that and you have to act on it, not just. And talk you about have it. to act on it. You That's must act on it. You must act on it. Absolutely. You because have go- to act on it. And, if, and let's even look at this from a brain plasticity perspective. If you even mm-hmm. want to go deeper into the science, fear is your best friend. Because mm-hmm. when you get into that uncomfortable feeling and you, you say, oh, my God, I've never been there before. Your neurons in your brain are actually opening up, getting away from the habits and saying, give me a new neural pathway. That's new pathway. Help. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is we don't act on it. And guess what happens to those pathways? Mm-hmm. They go back to the same neural pathways, the same bad habits. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to have to keep doing that. And worse is going to hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to look up. Yeah. It's up, right? And the problem mm-hmm. with hitting rock bottom is that we keep sliding and sliding down. 
And even when you go through the negative experiences, your intuition is shining a light. You're mm-hmm. just concentrated on the slide down. You don't even look up mm-hmm. to see the light, the rope. And some people, some people think, and the people I've interviewed have said that, um, you know, intuition sometimes leads you down the wrong path to teach you a lesson. That is not true. And one of the guys I had on my podcast series is Mark Metry. He's got, uh, he's got this Humans 2. podcast series. It's one of the top 100 on Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. And he started saying, Sunil, sometimes intuition doesn't uh, lead you down the wrong path. And he developed social anxiety. And when he was in high school, he started lying and lying and lying until he lost who he was and he wanted to take his own life. And so I was listening very intently to his story. And I said, okay, Mark, if we rewind this podcast episode, as you're talking to me about that, you were saying that uh, if you first started with saying intuition leads you down the wrong path. And the next thing you said is, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but. Mm. And when you said that in my podcast series, intuition was squeezing itself in saying, I'm That's telling an you. indicator. You mm-hmm. And you, you, you went ahead and lied. Mm-hmm. I've told you again and again. And then we started telling about the signals that got him out of that. And he fell prey to the something what we call ego. Mm-hmm. Ego or following the herd. Mm. You follow someone because they're popular, they're cool, they're wearing a brand name. Mm-hmm. But you internally know if those, if those values are so against and you know you shouldn't be having coffee with that person, you know you shouldn't be going to the bar with that person, you know. You can lie to me, you can lie to everybody else, but you cannot lie to your intuition because you feel it. That negative signal is going, you should not be walking out that door. Yet you walk out the door because you got this euphoric emotional feeling that you're going to feel good and you're going to look good to that other couple or that group or that other person. And man, oh man, one signal after another is going to get you. That's good. That's good. Listen, I I don't want to put you on the spot, right? Yeah. But no, that's okay. I I think I really want to have another conversation with you. uh, Sure. As it relates to this, I want to set up a a part two of sorts for this. Yeah. Um, we're going to turn a corner in a second. Uh, one more question for you before we yep. do that. But absolutely, I, I do want to talk about this again because there's a lot to dig into this, right? There's a yeah. lot of this. And for me, and the reason why I want to, it's a selfish reason, I'll be honest. Like, sure. it, yeah, it's okay. I, it, it'll benefit our listeners as well. But there's some things that I've been thinking about. And, and you know, we, we've been quiet through this for a reason, right? There's some things I've been thinking about as it relates to my own journey like mm-hmm. that I'm currently on and I'm seeing I'm, I'm I'm making some connectors as it relates to how I process things based on just ideologies that I've had you know throughout my life right mm-hmm. and so let, let's do this again sure if you don't mind absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let, let's do this again yeah absolutely so, happy to do that yeah so here's a question for you regarding positive signals Right. What would be the first step in starting to listen to and um, being consistent with following those positive signals? The first step in recognizing that it's a positive signal and okay, yeah. now I need to be consistent in following positive signals. Absolutely. And so one of the things that you want, and we can even do this for negative signals as well, is you get a sheet of paper and you look to the past and you say, okay, what decisions did I make that were really important ones? Because the mundane ones, you just kind of know. Mm-hmm. But of the decisions I made that were the right ones, what did it feel like in that moment? And you, mm. you do as many as you can, and you get that inventory of signals, and you do the same thing for negative signals. And with the negative signals, you got to be careful because as I was looking at, remember the example I gave about that gut feeling, mm-hmm. you get that gut feeling that, oh yeah, it was a bad decision. Was that bad decision number one or number four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it was number four, what was the decision before that? And right. before that, so you really need to take a step, uh, really be careful in doing that. And in fact, uh, on my website, I'm not sure if you guys knew, there's a seven day challenge there. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's a very specific process that you need to do this. And what I do with the seven day challenge is that I get you to identify a problem and it could be a relationship problem. My, I did it for both my girls. They were nine and 14. Both of them, I was shocked, was a bullying incident. Both of them put bullying as a, as a problem that they, could, that they weren't able to solve at one point. Mm-hmm. So pick, pick a relationship problem or any problem in your business or what have you. 
and pick one that you're still working on that hasn't really worked. And the first step you do is you identify what didn't work. Uh, because if it didn't work, you're going to go to a whole bunch of negative signals. And it's important to do that first mm-hmm. because one of the, 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 the later steps is that, okay, let's figure out what's going to work. And if you did your negative signal work first, what happens is it's going to prevent you from emotionally putting a step in mm-hmm. that you want to force in and your intuition is going, ah, 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 Sunil. That's good. That step is not the one that's going to help you. Why are you putting it there? And you're going to pull it out. And so eventually, uh, once you do work on the negative signals and then also your positive signals, and you actually put yourself in a, pl- in a place that you can think about positive signals coming through. So, for example, when I'm in the shower or when I'm in driving long distances or even before I go to sleep, the noise is cut out mm-hmm. and I get a lot of intuitive uh, thoughts and signals coming through and they're positive. I can map the negative ones out. Sometimes I wake up at two o'clock in the morning for one, some weird reasons, marketing decisions that come up uh, because I'm, there's a big digital marketing uh, phase that, that my team and I are going through the next three months. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of figure out what that intuitive medium is, then, then you've got the positive signals. And then what you're left with is the action plan. Mm-hmm. And then after that, who's going to help bring that action plan forward and if you try and squeeze your best friend in because it's cool to do a seven-day challenge mm-hmm. and that's not the person, guess mm-hmm. what? Your negative signal is going, ah, 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 Sunil, come on now. Mm. That's not the person that's going to help you solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you, and even if it's someone, it's a mentor far away, your intuition will say, yeah, that person has the right experience mm-hmm. and advice that you trust is going to help you solve that problem. And then eventually the last one is action. And a couple of things I do in the seven day challenge is I, I actually measure the strength of your intuition at the start. And at the end I've had now we're coming up to close to 55,000 people now through that challenge. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time, their intuitive strength has increased. And I also have two people in there that actually are showcases case studies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys in there and they go through each task with the decision that they have. One of the guys was actually um, uh, he was selling his house and in day one, some real estate person comes in and shoves a card in his face and says, the only thing I'm going to get is $20,000 under asking prices, under asking price. And at that point before he was saying, I'm such a pushover, he would have gotten scared and he would have signed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Day seven, there was actually a bidding war and he ended up settling on $50,000 over asking price. Mm. That was a $70,000 decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's $10,000 a day. It was great. The other person is Ashley Michelle. She was a witness to a homicide. In fact, she was not only a witness, she walked into the apartment after her boyfriend had just murdered their friend in the bathtub. Mm. He closes the door behind her, locks the doors, and says, puts a knife to her back and says, uh, I'm already going away for one murder. Might as well make, might as well make it two. You're next. Mm. Her intuition calms him down, calms her down and watches. He chokes her, assaults her, asks her to clean up the blood. And her intuition gave her a split second time frame to run. Mm. And, his, that, and he, her, his, 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 her intuition noticed that this other guy had just turned his back. That was the moment. Trusted her intuitive signal, ran, unlocked the doors, 18 flights down in the apartment, called 911 obviously lived to tell it. Mm-hmm. She used the seven day challenge to minimize the PTSD, depression, anxiety, didn't get rid mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But she, what she learned in the seven days was not only that she can go to the gym to really kind of cut out the noise and feel, you know, emotionally okay, but she started to learn how to trust, uh, trust uh, people again. Mm-hmm. And the other thing the challenge does is there's a fillable PDF. It's free, by the way, mm-hmm. there's a fillable PDF that you can download. And so, solve this problem, start another one for another problem and keep going. Yep. And you don't have to worry about intuitionology or what Sunil Gods is doing to follow this process again and again and again. I love it. And I love that. I love that you talk about a situation where you can write things down, right? Yes. Because often what we don't do, especially in relationships is that we don't take that physical action of, doing some type of cognitive work, right? right? We It's all emotional oh, or it's all up to chance, right? So it's supposed to be this way. We're supposed to live happily ever after. She's supposed to know what I'm saying or what I mean, you know? Right. And there's no, there. we leave that cognitive piece out of it. And so I appreciate that you said that. And we definitely want to know 
I mean, there's no reason. You said the challenge is free, right? So we it's definitely free. We definitely want to know how to connect with you and, and how to get that challenge. But before we do that, yep. just want to turn a corner real quick, play a quick game with you. Absolutely. Um, nothing you got to think about. Okay. And, and dear, you tell us what that's about. So this is the, we, we call it the 60 second think fast, okay. right? So what it is, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions and each okay. question has two choices and you have to pick one of the two okay. choices. For example, what's your favorite color, black or white? And you have to okay. pick one of those. Okay. So we're going to try and do it in 60 seconds. And right. Oliver is going to set the timer to put us under a little bit of pressure. Okay, no problem. We'll see if we can get through this. Let us know. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. See the movie or read the book? Uh, see the movie. Summer or winter? Summer. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Small town or big city? Small town. Car or truck? Car. Gym or outdoor exercise? Gym. Tropical island or ski resort? Tropical island. Action movie or comedy? Action movie. Baseball or football? Football. Last one. Try a new dish or play it safe? Try a new dish. Awesome. Yes, Neil didn't need a timer. No. Not at all. I've got a couple of kids. I gotta be quick. You, you gotta, gotta be, be quick. gotta be on it, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be on the money. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. And and listen, we didn't we didn't um we didn't mention this, but for those of you who are listening and, and Sunil's about to tell us how we can get in contact with him, but this this guy has been all over. He's been mm -hmm. on tons of stages. He's presented to tons of people. He's got uh, books, TEDx uh, talks, and all of these things, man. This is a guy who has put a lot of time in yeah. and uh, researching and exploring and explaining uh, the, the framework behind intuitionology. And this is somebody that you want to connect yourself with in one way or another yeah. to get this information. There's a lot of information out there. We've been kind of, you know, picking through some of the things since the time you reached out and just good stuff, man. I mean, good, good stuff that really makes you think and really makes you do, you know, some, some, some introspective work, some, some work on evaluating uh, our ideologies and how we how we process things. How can we get more of this information? How can we get connected with you? How can we get the books? Tell us what the books are and anything yep. that you have going on and a challenge as well. How we can get it get a hold absolutely. of that? Absolutely, absolutely. So the books are called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. That's all more of the business entrepreneur ones. There's and the other book Gut. Uh, if you do take the seven day challenge, which is free off of the intuitionology.com website, you get a free copy of the ebook in the challenge itself as a reference. Awesome. Um, so you know, don't spend any money. If you do want to spend money for sure, there's Amazon or you can go to that, uh, intuitionology.com or sunilgodsey.com is my other website more for, and that's where I talk about intuitive branding. So how companies can brand themselves from an intuitive perspective. Mm, okay. Um, and so if you, if you're sort of in that sort of, uh, personal versus professional, those are different ways. I'm on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, soon to be on TikTok. not dancing because <laughs> negative signals are going to be so high. And they think that guy, he, can't dance and so that's one signal that will definitely be loud and clear like swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> that's great <laughs> but yeah that's that's, good. that's that's everywhere you can you can find me and of course in my podcast series and all the major um uh, apps uh you know uh, itunes spotify deezer you can go to my website there's a slash podcast and there's links there as well so very good absolutely good stuff and we'll have all of that in the show description as well so you can click on those links and and get some of this great information. Listen, we are so grateful that you took some time out to school us on this. Mm. We were writing down some things, taking some notes, um, you know, creative, relational, situational, yeah. experiential, experiential. Uh, intuition. And really, you've, you've given me some things to think about. And, and I would love to connect with you again outside of this. I'd love to do a part two. But I would sure. love to connect with you outside of this as well. And I, I, I'll email you and see how we can how we can make that happen. But I want to thank you so much. We want to thank you for your time, mm -hmm. uh, for providing all of this knowledge, man. I, it, you, we're grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And if there's any, anything, I mean, start with your kids. 
you know, because they've got those signals. They may not understand what it is. Yeah. But uh, if you were able to talk, and my kids are lucky, you know, they're 9 and 14, and they're able to understand these signals because I, uh, as much as they roll their eyes about intuitionology, <laughs> you know, but um, both of them have been able to pull away from bullying incidents uh, even before mm. they got bullied. Wow. So, see the signals they were able to see the behaviors they don't they don't necessarily need to formally talk about intuition but for those who are watching you see the paintings behind me um that's my 14 year old daughter she started a actual federal canadian nonprofit corporation when she was 12 years old and she's raised over thirty thousand dollars for those with disabilities and illnesses because of intuition and matching her purpose with passion and mm. she's killing it. Like That's she, awesome. We, we Those can't are find mentors. Beautiful. Wow. We can't find mentors for her because people are just asking the kids her age, do you have a nice idea? And we're just thinking, we're in growth stage. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and right. so people are just like, what? You're in growth stage? Yeah. We've got 30,000 and, and, and counting. Mm. Um, wow. But That's awesome. That's what happens when you, and you can start anytime, 85, 70, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olds is, is just talking about it. It doesn't matter. Just start now. And if you've had hurdles before, you've had failures, those are your best friends because mm. your intuition's already learned. So just start. Start. Just start. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. Very good. That's beautiful. And that's a that's a phenomenal place to to end. Just, just start. start. Just start. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of that's you know, most of if not all of that stuff is in you already, right? Yes. You've, you've heard some ways that Sunil has, uh, ha, has, has taught us how to pull some of those things out and recognize it and, and, and act on it. Just start. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you so much. No problem. This opportunity. Appreciate it. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless.